Hello again, listeners. This is George. Um, wanted to quickly introduce episode number 39, part 2. Um, so, yeah, we're going to continue our top 5 movies of 2014 in this second part episode. And um, then we're going to ha- have some honorable mentions. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Um, but before I do that, actually, just in case you're tuning in for the first time, uh, um, this is a podcast hosted by myself, George Lopez, and my buddy Mike Gonzalez. And we talk about movies and television shows that we've recently been watching. So hope you guys enjoy. If you want to look for more episodes, you can find them probably where you got this, either iTunes or somecinema.com. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is part two. So if you haven't listened to um, part one of episode 39, in which we discuss our numbers five, four, and three movies uh, of of our list, um, you can totally do that. So on the site and on iTunes as well. Before you listen to this one, because we're gonna close out the list here and talk about our honorable mentions. So that's it for now. Um, thank you guys so much again for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. And here we go. Enjoy part two. Um. So yeah. So what we're moving on to is it? I guess I would be my number two. Okay. My number two uh, movie I was very passionate about this year, and I and I, I feel might be making an appearance on your list as we go on. Okay. Uh, Whiplash. This place is nice. I really like the music that they play. Bob Ellis on the drums. <laughs> I'm part of Schaefer's top jazz orchestra. It's the best music school in the country. The key is to just relax. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about what the other guys are thinking. You're here for a reason. Have fun. Five, six, and... I want to be great. And you're not. We got Buddy Rich here. Little trouble there. You're rushing. Here we go. Five, six, and... Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. If you deliberately sabotage my band, I will gut you like a pig. Oh, my dear God. Are you one of those single-tier people? You are a worthless pansy ass who is now weeping and slobbering all over my drum set like a nine-year-old girl. So how's it going with the studio band? Good. Yeah, I think he likes me more now. I push people beyond what's expected of them. I believe that is an absolute necessity. I want to be one of the greats. And because I'm doing that, it's going to take up more of my time. And this is why I don't think that we should be together. I would never let him put my son through hell. Why would you let him get away with what he did to you? There are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job. The reason I reacted that way is because I thought this was a movie that was not going to be on your oh, no. top five list. Yeah, uh, I loved this movie. Whiplash is the uh, the film by Damien Chazelle, uh, first time feature director. He actually made 
uh, a short version of this film. Mm -hmm. uh, when he couldn't get financing for this, he made a uh, just a short version of it and submitted it at the film festivals under the same name. Mm -hmm. uh, it created a lot of buzz. Uh, who's the director of Up in the Air in Juno? I forget, is it Reitman? Jason Reitman? Yes, Jason Reitman. Jason Reitman, I guess, saw it. or Jason Reitman became a, a big patron of his and, mm -hmm. and helped him get this movie financed and made. Uh, also weird, because of that machination, he, could, he was not able to be nominated for uh, Best Original Screenplay, mm -hmm. even though this was an original screenplay. Yeah. Because he translated it into a short, mm -hmm. and that came out first, they, they it had to be put in the Best Adapted Screenplay category at the Academy Awards. Yeah. Just weird. Yeah. Bureaucratic stuff. Yeah, but so uh, this movie was electrifying. This, it was pretty incredible. It is about uh, a young jazz drummer uh, attending... A prestigious jazz uh, school in in New York, and about his commitment and his relationship with the teacher played by J.K. Simmons, an insane, extraordinary performance by J.K. Simmons, yeah. uh, who was obviously runaway Oscar winner. Everybody, yeah. that was one of the biggest foregone conclusions of the Academy Awards yeah. that he was going to win Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, J.K. Simmons, interesting. Another Jason Reitman thing. I mean, you imagine that's how he got in this movie, or that's how he was guided to this movie because mm. J.K. Simmons has been in basically every Jason Reitman film. <laughs> right, yeah. But, but he it worked out, dude. absurd they, they... performance. Incredible as the yeah. maniacal teacher. And uh, I loved everything about this movie. It is shot I so loved. beautifully. Yeah. And the fact that it makes these jazz performances feel like almost action scenes. Yes. Like the, the, the way he edited them. Dude, I'm t yes, are, absolutely. It's so dynamic and yeah. so exciting that you're just like at the edge of your seat for a, like a jazz recital. Yeah. It's incredible. And it, I think everybody who watched this movie walked out of it like getting in their car wanting to listen to jazz. I'm telling you, yes, because I totally agree with everything you just said and, and those are a lot of the same reactions that I had to it, you know, when I watched it. Uh, yeah, I just love, yeah, how... Those musical numbers were shot. They were just so well shot, like they were amazing, and, it, and you felt like I don't know, like it, it was just so incredible. Every single uh, shot, you know, w switching over from Miles Teller, the drum kit, you know, the overhead views of him drumming to the um, trumpets, and then to, the back to a close-up yeah, of his drums was, covered in sweat. Yeah, it was just incredible, man. Mm -hmm. Just the way everything was put together, and I don't know what kind of camera they use, mm -hmm. but I love the way it was shot. Like seriously, like just. Those close-ups of, of the symbols and, uh, you know, of everything. You see the sweat, you know, beating off of, off of the, the symbols and, and also the blood. Like, it just, I don't know, it just all looked really amazing. And you were just totally drawn into the, you know, drawn into it. You, mm. you know, you were absorbing every single second of it. And also, like, being moved by just the amazing music that was being performed and mm -hmm. composed, you know? like And the incredible oh, skill. I mean, the, the fact that Miles Teller has to be a legitimately good drummer to pull yeah. this movie off. Everything about it, like, once you see this movie, like, I, I could not possibly imagine someone else playing J.K. Simmons' character. And obviously... Or Miles Teller's character. Or, or Miles yes. Teller. I feel like his performance is almost underrated because of how incredibly grandiose J.K. Yeah. Simmons' performance is. Yeah, you're right. Good, Because, like, I... Honestly, I was hoping for a Miles Teller nomination. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were some really good, you know, good actors this year. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, uh, I mean, there's the, the always the thing with Academy Awards that if you want to see who's yeah. going to win it or be nominated, you replace best with the word most. Mm -hmm. Most acting, most yeah. directing, most editing. Uh -huh. uh, so it, I guess it made sense that in his... As intense as his role is, I still feel it's kind of understated, especially when it's when it's next to the bombastic J.K. Simmons performance. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, and this turned into one of the most like divisive films. Yeah. In our like in a weird way, this film entered culture. Uh, you know, I remember reading and listening to Chuck Klosterman, the, the cultural commentarian, mm-hmm. a cultural commentator, uh, talking about uh, how this film, what it has to say about how we teach people, how we educate, how we craft. Uh, genius, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kobe Bryant mentioned it in an interview, saying that uh, like the Miles Teller character is like, "That's me. That's mm. that's my commitment." And in a weird way, I feel like they totally missed the point of this film. I feel like this film is a scathing indictment of that kind of of tutelage, that mm-hmm. kind of education. Yeah. Uh, so you people, feel like Kobe and those guys are saying. They're a hundred percent. They look at this as the ideal. And oh, it's the okay. idea that our. Because. I, see, even when I heard you explain it, I, I, it felt like that they got it. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. totally not the way you want to go, you know. No, well, about there seems it. to be a, a debate now yeah. be, between modern ideals of liberalism and liberal education. Yeah. And the idea of you don't hit your children, you don't give your children timeouts, you. Mm-hmm. you you explain things to them, and and there's kind of modern idea of discipline yeah. and and strict uh, education and whatnot, corporal punishment, right. uh, where it is completely removed from society. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people, who, uh, I would say those two that I mentioned, as well as many other writers, have uh, posited is that this film shows how that doesn't work. It puts the lie to right. that. Yeah. The idea that in order to get a diamond, you have to cut away at it. You have to. You have to be as hard on a pupil as he is on this drummer in this film mm-hmm. in order to achieve true greatness. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the message of the film. I've actually either. read other people who say that is that yeah. the message of the film. Yeah. Uh, it's the idea, that, I mean, that this is essentially an abusive relationship mm-hmm. that we're seeing. Yep. And the fact that he is giving himself over to that abusive relationship because he feels it is the best way for him to achieve his goals. Mm-hmm. Uh is is in some way a tragedy, and I think mm-hmm. you in interviews with Damien Chazelle, the director and writer and director of the film, mm-hmm. uh, he's basically said as much. I mean, people have asked him. Hello, podcast listeners. This is George. Um, I kind of jumped in right now because I made a judgment call, and that was to avoid spoilers. Uh, I felt like the conversation we were having, and it was a great conversation. It really was, but we got a little too in depth. Uh, with the whole movie and um, we spoiled a few things I feel like so like I said I made I made a judgment call and decided to cut it out because you know like in this podcast we try to avoid spoilers as much as possible and we really want you guys to check this movie out if you haven't um, so we don't want to spoil it for you so that's why I decided to cut out a few minutes of this conversation um, and put this in there uh, because I don't want you guys to uh, miss out on a really good, gr- on a really great movie. So, yeah, that's it. Um, now enjoy the tail end of our conversation for Whiplash. And seriously, go check this movie out. It's really good. Thank you. But at the same time, this kind of this kind of education, this kind of teaching, mm-hmm. the uh, very negative reinforcement very uh like pushing you to get this very violently pushing you to get this mm-hmm. absolute minimum to raise the, the floor of everyone there mm-hmm. is also the, the kind of the basis of our entire military mm-hmm. the kind of drill instructor yelling at you and, and driving you on yeah. is, is this idea and so in a weird way it's almost like that is that kind of education in a weird way raises the floor at the very least yeah. 
But yeah. is it ethical? Is it and is it the best way to cultivate see, the absolute see, best? I think for and the most part, kind of what this conversation is see, about. I got that got the message, and I feel like a lot of most of the general public and people that watch the movie got that. I'm, you know, I'm I think, not I think sure. I don't know, man. Cause I mean, like, all the conversations I've I heard think about it were in that context. I hope you're right. I think it's, it's you know, the, the whole movie fucking speaks for itself, like, loudly on that subject, uh-huh. right? We're all, like, there's some crazy shit that's happening. and Yeah, I mean, we can talk about Whiplash all day, I feel, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I think we have to move on. <laughs> right. Um, uh, so, that's your number two now. Yeah, so my number two um, is Birdman. How did we end up here? This place is horrible. Smells like balls. We had it all. You were a movie star, remember? Who was this guy? He used to be Birdman. I like that poster. You wrote this adaptation? I did, yeah. And you're directing and starring in your adaptation. That's ambitious. Are you afraid people will say you're doing this play to battle the impression that you're a washed-up comic strip character? Absolutely not. That's why 20 years ago I said no to Birdman 4. Hold the mask off! You do have the mask off! Now you're about to destroy what's left of your career. You know I'm right. You're so nice! Hey, what's up? Why don't you try to rest a little bit? Face it, Dad. You're doing this because you're scared to death, like the rest of us, that you don't matter. And you know what? You're right. You don't. Baby, can you understand me now? Sometimes I get a little mad. Don't you know no one alive can always be an angel? When things go wrong, I seem to go bad. Listen to me. I'm just a you are the original man. Let's make a comeback. That's what I'm talking about. You're a bird, man. You are a god. Hey, is this for real or are you shooting a film? A film! You people are full of crap. Music. He's a Hollywood clown in a Lycra bird suit. Yes, he is. But he's going out on that stage and risking everything. This is about being respected and validated. Remember, that's what you told me. I got a chance to do something right. I got to take it. Birdman. Yes. And I have a feeling, now that you mentioned Whiplash, that Birdman is a movie that you were saying is not in your top five. That is the movie. Actually, I I mentioned two movies. Boyhood was one of them. Birdman was the other. Okay. All right. Um, But I I thought Birdman was just, you know... uh, just very fucking fantastic too, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh, it has a, a tremendous cast, and every single one of them gave a tremendous performance. You mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, obviously Michael Keaton, Edward Norton, like just phenomenal, man. Those guys were so damn good, you know. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know, like the, the obviously it's kind of one of those ambitious movies too. It kind of goes with Boyhood. Um, but in a different way because it's shot as one it's like one continuous shot mm-hmm. you know so it's there's a lot of panning around there's, there's a lot of uh, long shots down hallways right. and stuff but but I feel like it, like it kind of worked you know it's it's almost like it's almost like you're there at this theater 
and and you're kind of walking around and walking into all these situations you know mm-hmm. and i don't know like i just really enjoyed that aspect of it but obviously when it comes down to it the performances are just amazing yeah the, the michael keaton character was great and i i wish he would have won the oscar for this performance because mm-hmm. i think he was well you know he was deserving of it nevertheless i'm glad he's starring in a movie again and he's out you know he's he's getting work again Mm because i I love michael keaton so hopefully this is gonna get him some more work keaton's great and this was like a really kind of unique role for him yeah where it's in a way like only he could have played this role right for given the baggage that we bring to our relationship with michael keaton as an audience his history with like obviously being playing batman before and in this movie he's playing a former superhero you know uh, actor so so that was pretty cool um but yeah, it, it, like just really enjoyed the performances down to, you know, small characters like Zach Galifianakis and Emma, Emma Stone, uh, Naomi Watts. Like those guys were all really great. I mean, I just I just liked it a lot. Yeah. So. This film is gorgeous, yeah. and it, it was the DP was uh, Emmanuel Lubezki, like probably the hottest director of photography in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He won the Oscar for this film deservedly. A lot of guys, people won actors or Oscars for this movie. Yeah, yeah they, they cleaned up pretty good, man. But he, he was our DP. He won the Oscar as a DP uh, uh, of this film for cinematography. He also won it last year for Gravity. He was uh, the cinematographer for Gravity. Yeah. Uh, so he is like the hottest cinematographer in Hollywood right now. And as you said before, the entire film, or almost the entire film, seems to take place in one continuous shot mm-hmm. because that's his style, which you've seen from like *Children of Men*, one of my favorite movies. Yes, yeah. Uh, there's lots of hitting cuts, like kind of impossible camera movements, like in *Children of Men*, where the camera spins three sixty. When they were in a car, right? Oh my gosh, yes. That and this is great. like if you like that scene from *Children of Men*, yeah. this is the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's extended. It's it really cool. Yeah, that. it was. And the movie, like, I, I, I have a high definition copy at home, and I, I watch it, and it's just stunningly beautiful. Yeah. I just like putting it on just because of how beautiful the use of color. Yeah, and it, it, there's this kind of energy to the film uh, that really kind of puts you in. I don't know if you've ever been on stage or done live theater. No, uh, I did when I was younger, mm-hmm. and it, it really captures that idea of that like excitement of being backstage, yeah. like that thrill and the anxiety and like everything, everything coming together at just like the final moments. And yeah. uh, it was incredible, and in that way, it really kind of it really kind of touched me. Oh, nice. uh, Where do you keep your Tony? My Tony? Yeah. I, I gave it to my mom. What? You know Come what? On, you're man. reminded of how great you are. Shit, you should be carrying <laughs> that thing around with you everywhere. It's, it's a yeah. bit of an ego. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I did not love this film. In fact, oh, I watched it the first time, and my first instinct was that I really disliked it, in fact. Wow. Uh, for, for all of those positive things I said about that, I really do believe that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I actually watched it again, because like, I, I almost, in a way, didn't trust myself. Because every, every, seemingly everybody I respect loves this movie. Yeah. And so I thought, like, I must be doing something wrong. I can't, I, how am I not liking this movie? And I went back and watched it again. And uh, That's okay. I kind of, I everyone has it. at least one or two, you know, a few movies like that. <laughs> well, for me, it, it's, it, it's not surprising to me that this film won as many Academy Awards as it did. Yeah. Because like I just said recently, like I just said a minute ago, <laughs> if you want to see who's going to win the Oscar, replace best with most. Yeah. And this movie had the yeah. most of everything. The, all of the performances were just the most acting possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Emma Stone, I, I didn't think... Like, I'm a massive Emma Stone fan. I didn't think she was good in this movie. Uh-huh. Like, all of her, there, there are so many scenes where it's just like, this is her moment, and she's going to scream and spit yeah. fire at the camera. And I don't see what that really brought to the scene. Like, 
so much of this film was like, I'm going to give all of these actors an opportunity to go up there and hit a home run and win an Oscar. Mm. I'm going to give you huge monologues to scream at the stage and get in tens and get in someone's face. Yeah. And I didn't think there was much substance there. And the whole but, but I, it, think about it like this too, right? Mm. I mean, it's it's about a, a play, right? Uh-huh. So it's kind of a play on the play. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I feel mm. like those main characters, like those characters, are supposed to have those very dramatic moments like that, right? Well, it's about a theater. And people um, were in a theater. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But again, and that also in a way gets to my point. This yeah. idea that it's it's an image of the theater from people who I don't think have much experience in the theater. Uh-huh. Like these are all film actors and this director is a film director. Yeah. And, and and not that I'm some expert on theater, given my incredible history, which we just discussed as a theater yeah. theatrical performer. Uh <laughs> I feel like it's his it is Inaritu's idea of how theater people think, and so there's these huge tirades, anti-film mm-hmm. tirades, mm-hmm. and they they go on and on about superhero culture, which you know, fair enough. I, there's a lot of valid points about what is happening in Hollywood right now and yeah. its obsession with superheroes and big budget blockbusters yeah. and whatnot. But there's this kind of weird idea of like all oh, the the natural amazingness of theater and i do think there's something really special about the theater i really do but it think... was an i it was like an idea of like what he imagines those people think mm-hmm. not that not a single part of that film rung true to me mm-hmm. the entire yeah. thing felt like his idea of what people who aren't him think and he just kind of whiffed on it huh yeah I don't yeah, know. I, just, I, I mean, from the my interaction with the critic, I think the critic character was ridiculous. It didn't make any sense. It was like a caricature. Like that's why I felt like uh, all of this was a caricature. I can see that that for sure. They were all playing caricatures of who they were. Yeah, that's true. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I I think. I mean, I don't. I don't know too much about the theater. Uh-huh. You know. Certainly not as much as me. Uh, (laughs) Tony winning Mike Gonzalez. But from what I do know, I feel like there are a lot of theater people who are kind of weird like that. No, that's the thing. And that's what I think. I feel like there's that perception of it. Yeah, I guess. And in a weird way, it's like his perception, like his perception of what theater people's perception of what Hollywood people are like. And I feel like so much is lost in translation there. I feel like he just, like... And this isn't the first time I felt that. I felt that same way about Babel. Uh, I feel like in which a way he... he uh, the same director. Yeah, Inarito. Inarito, yeah. Uh, which might have been his Inarito. last film. He takes a long time off between tw- films. Beautiful. Oh, he beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. So this is not a, a new issue I've had with him. Mm-hmm. But I felt like it's the most pronounced in this one. And I also feel like just because... I mean, these are great actors he's working with here, and he's giving them so many opportunities to chew the scenery. And again, he's working with Lubetsky, who is the best cinematographer in the business, doing like tremendously showy camera work and editing. Uh, I feel like all this movie is just like there's so much, Uh but I don't feel like there's any real substance to it. Well, I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was great, man. Again, uh, like I, I, I've watched this, I've had this movie on in my home like four times. I can watch it over and, and over so again. Beautiful. That's the thing. It's like, and there are scenes that I think are like really interesting. It's just Certainly so much fun to watch. You know what? That's, that's what it's, it's just a, it was a very entertaining movie that yeah. I feel like I'm gonna watch over and over again. I, I'm gonna watch it, you know, several more times. I'm sure, and, yeah. and that hey, goes a long ways for a movie. movie I feel what you like. take from it. Yeah. So, anyways. That goes to my number one. 
mm-hmm. right? And no surprise, obviously, it's Whiplash. You Whiplash. Know, I, I mentioned it was going to be in my top five. I think I did. Anyways, but Whiplash was just incredible. We talked about it already quite a bit. Um, but, I mean, like I said, Miles Teller is spectacular again. Miles Teller Teller was great and the spectacular now Uh and he was (laughs) he was spectacular in that and he's spectacular in this no but uh, I just really enjoyed this movie man like I said J.K. Simmons I agree with everything you said about him and he got is it me or did he beef up for this role he certainly he beefed seemed, up. I mean, he was wearing. I don't know if he beefed up or whether he was. It was just that tight black T-shirt. I think he did because so much of like the way his character, like yeah. the, all his choices, like the idea of wearing the high sleeved, yeah. uh, the short sleeve, but like very short, so like cuts his bicep. And that was all intentional. And it was really tight, and it's to create this kind of image of this force of nature. Exactly. That's what I was going to say too. Like he's supposed to be intimidating. Yeah. So like he beefed up for it. He's wearing this really tight T-shirts and everything, and it works. Like I mean, mm. you know, like. I see him, I'm like, damn, like, I'd be scared of his ass, too. Right. Know? I would totally be uh, intimidated by him. So, yeah, like I mentioned... You're like, the, Juno's father <laughs> is, like, this terrifying maniac. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Um, and, you know, once again, just to touch on the music, it was amazing. Uh, the composer was Justin Hurwitz. Um, I wanted to throw his name out there for sure, because, you know, he composed a lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of the music in, in the movie. So, um, And there were a lot of, like, really small roles and there, there can be just like a pretty bad like you know seed in the apple or whatever you want to call it I don't know um, but every single performance is good down to the to well, the very smallest row it I feel was a, like it was a relatively small cast by the way it was but there was a lot of tiny roles uh, you know the, the other two drummers you know they had really tiny roles but they were really good mm-hmm. and, and yeah every single row I felt was like you know, gave a good performance. So. I will say this though: uh, the girl, his I guess love interest. Oh yeah, uh, is played by a, uh, a young woman named Melissa Benwise. Yeah, who is like getting other roles. I think she's gonna play uh, uh, Supergirl on the new CBS series. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. She's like getting other roles in the back of this, and like I don't think she was pretty. Like she's kind of forgettable. Like really? Play, yeah. No, I, I thought you were gonna. I sure. thought you were gonna say she was really good in that. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't super into her in this film. What? I liked I her. Oh, she was good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought she was pretty good, man. Yeah, no. Because I think the main. Well, I, I guess I can't because it's a spoiler. Uh-huh. Um, but I think she served their pers- purpose well, and she played that part well. You know, and mm. there's a reason for it. I feel, but I can't say because I don't want to be give a spoiler for yeah. it. This is but, and this is, uh, and that might not be her fault. To be fair to her. Uh-huh. She doesn't have a very big role. This is a very this is this movie focuses very much on masculinity in a way, mm-hmm. and it, it, so it is very much about men. I mean, I've actually heard it described as essentially a sports movie. It's a sports movie about jazz, like translated mm-hmm. to jazz, and, and so in a way, it deals with uh, men. You know, hmm. a, a very underexplored thing in cinema, the, the male <laughs> perspective. But uh, it, it is very much it is very so, much about masculinity and and in some ways like what it so means you, to be a man. So and you think to be a it's man. more tar- it's targeting a male audience? I think I think it's, I don't think so because I I know a, a lot of uh, women that really enjoyed this movie. Oh no, I'm not really saying like, that. I mean, like a lot of women enjoy Rudy, but Rudy is again about manhood and becoming mm. from moving from a boy to a man. Mm. Uh, it, it's a it's I mean like, these are common. This is not like a. Uh, a niche thing I think most films view the world from the male perspective and I feel like this movie was very much in in that way yeah I guess you're right because there's not that many big 
or even uh, like large roles for women in this. Oh, well, movie. there's like one woman yeah, in the movie. There's like you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right about that. But and it's... our only our only understanding of her comes from his perspective of her. And say like there's the uh, what is it the Bechdel test. Uh, it, whether a movie passes the Bechdel test, are, are there more than one? Is there more than one woman in it? Do they speak to each other and right. do they speak about anything other than men? Yeah. And so true. no, this does not pass the Bechdel test. Uh, so like, but, I feel like this is a, yeah, so that, that's not maybe not entirely her fault. The fact that I didn't uh, really yeah, I thought she get was good in the small her, in the but, small screen time that she had. I thought she was pretty good in it. Uh-huh. So yeah. But anyways, that was my number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Hurwitz once again the composer listen I loved awesome. it it made my list you know so yeah so in a pretty stacked year that brings us to Mike your number one my number one I'm actually very surprised it didn't make your list uh-huh. uh, my number one is the Grand Budapest Hotel really the West wow really I wasn't expecting that yeah. uh, the Wes Anderson film yeah. Uh, the latest Wes Anderson film, and I really feel like Wes Anderson now uh-huh. is for all the stuff he's done in the past. You know, some people don't like him; they find him too twee and whatnot. Yeah. I feel like he's hit his stride. His last two films, I legitimately feel, have been his best films. Yeah, Moonrise Kingdom. Was Moonrise amazing. Kingdom. I love that movie. Uh, obeyed my list the year that it came out. It was yeah. ext- like pitch perfect. He is kind of that mastered was such a good movie. his yeah. form, and this I feel carries on. And I think this now is my favorite Wes Anderson film. Really? Right. Like, the period where he went through, like, stop-motion animation is evident in every subsequent film since then. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. This film is is so incredible. Like, I... It is, uh, in his typical style, feels like it's almost... Like, like the entirety of the film is taking place in a dollhouse in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, His set design, his art direction, or whoever the, the art director he worked with. Yeah. They have a very distinct style. Mm. And that is kind of this almost like hyper, it's almost like surreal, like magical realism, mm. where this world almost seems fake, but also like, like really kind of, they get at the true emotions of, of the characters and whatnot. And mm. I, this this has like the most stacked cast. Yeah, like you talked about the Birdman cast, and like, he always has a big cast. So right, this is a huge, it, it's a huge cast. Like the minor roles are played by like Bill Murray has a scene in the movie yeah. and. Edward Norton is has like a, yeah. a, a, a relatively small role in this film. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, Harvey Keitel, Jeff Goldblum uh, is incredible. Adrian Ray Brody, Fiennes. Adrian Brody, Willem Dafoe, yeah, uh, Ray Fiennes, Jude Law. This film is like just there's, there's a lot. Of, Tilda Swinton, Saoirse Ronan, who I'm like a big fan of, even though neither of us liked her in that movie, uh, where she played like a little ninja. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, a little Russian killer. Uh, it was like Kellen or something? What was it called? It was not called that. <laughs> it was called Hannah. Hannah. I was close. Right. I was close. Yeah, yeah that movie was uh, terrible. Right, but I'm actually um, a big fan of hers. I think she's she really was, good. She was cute. <laughs> no, I'm, she I'm was, viewing she her as funny. an actor. No, I know. I'm just kidding. No, no. She was. Yeah, she gave out. She's, a really yeah, good, this, good she's fantastic in this movie with like her little yeah. uh, 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 birthmark on her face, yeah. in the shape of Mexico. Yeah, like so many little touches. The way the, the dialogue, the little moments of comedy in this film. Dude, and, but more so, this film. There are points when I feel like it, it's heartbreaking. It's like just like legitimately heartbreaking, mm-hmm. but it leaves you with this sense of optimism and joy. 
You know, it, it's so much fun. Th- that's all. Like most Wes Anderson movies are, though, mm-hmm. right? There, there's a couple Very of tragedies in there. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's like. It's gonna be okay, you know. Right. Like that message you get at the end, like it's gonna be okay, though. <laughs> you leave it; it's life affirming. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the characters experience everything that you experience in life, as well as all of their little kitschy, uh-huh. fun hijinks and whatnot, yeah. and all of his like very twee adventure stuff that he always puts his characters through. Mm-hmm. Uh, they experience that, and then they also experience genuine tragedy. Yeah, and and it, you know it it's heartbreaking and it's beautiful. And it, it is his movies recently, especially, are life affirming. And I think, like, in a weird way, that's the most important thing a film can do. It can mm-hmm. can 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 inspire you and show you the beauty of life and and the joy of life. Yeah. And without being cynical. I see. I hear you. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> and it's just such a I such like a Wes Anderson fun, a lot. Joyful movie. Yeah, I like him a lot. Obviously, I'm a big fan of his movies. The Royal Tenenbaums is one of my all-time favorite uh, movies. Like, I just love that movie so mm. much. Uh, and another big cast, you know, movie. I I enjoyed it too. I just yeah, I just wasn't a huge fan of it like most people. Mm. I mean, it, it cleaned up at the Oscars too. It did. I was yeah. so the Grand happy Budapest and I think it. Birdman were the top were the winners. Ones, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and you know that's well deserved because the guy always puts out a, you know really good movies. Yeah. You know, what's well, the thing? I was a big fan of him when I was younger. Obviously, Bottle Rocket was like this weird cult movie. The, oh, and then, the Wilson and, Brothers, right? Right, and then Rushmore was like the Rushmore, one that amazing. Yeah. everybody held up. Like that was like the cool one to say it was your favorite yeah. movie. Like Royal Tenenbaums came out; it was like this massive hit. Yeah. But, like all the cool people said they liked Rushmore. That was yeah. a cool movie. <laughs> Yeah. And like, but and then he what he did after Jason that, Schwartzman, the Life Aquatic oh, was a movie that I liked, but I, I liked it too. But it was in no way a great film. Yeah, it was like this fun, interesting movie. Then he did what the Darjeeling Limited, which I didn't like. You didn't like it? Nothing... I liked it too. Yeah, I think that and Life Aquatic are, are underappreciated movies. Uh, and then like. Fantastic Mr. Fox, which was this really another underappreciated movie too. Yeah. yeah, he's made some really good movies, man. It, I, I felt like at that point in his career, though, he had kind of plateaued with like Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums, and yeah. then it kind of dipped. Yeah, and to see like his last two movies, I genuinely feel are his best films. Yeah, it's so exciting because now it's like. What's he gonna do next? Like his next film might be his best film. Yeah, he's getting this weird thing where like he he came out with early hits like Tarantino, where he came mm. out with early hits and then his late like later movies weren't yeah. people weren't that passionate about them. The Jackie Brown. Yeah, and, and then yeah. he kind of found his rhythm again mm. with like uh, what was it? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards, which yeah. is I think my favorite of his yeah. films now. Yeah, along well, with Reservoir Dogs and whatnot. But Pulp Fiction. Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Fiction. <laughs> right? Like, like people, people think he peaked with like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, yeah. and then after that wasn't as good. But like to, to then come out and kind of find your rhythm mm-hmm. and kind of a mastery of your craft, and I really feel like Wes Anderson right now is is better than he's ever been. That's like awesome. he's kind of mastered what his thing is. Cool, yeah. And yeah, I just love this movie. I've watched it like five times. Yeah, really. In part, like a lot of all the movies that I watch a lot are movies that are generally just on cable. And Grand Budapest is like on HBO. Like once a week at least, yeah. And if it's on, I just put it on, and <laughs> put yeah. it on in the background because it's just like I, I think it's such a delightful film. Yeah. And any film that's like is in a way like that life affirming like that, I just I find so wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I always enjoy those movies too. I just didn't love this one as much as uh, his previous ones, um, but it was an honorable mention for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it. I liked it. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I think I think for the most part, it was a little too sad for me though at times. Uh huh. Yeah, I like. There was, I, I there was like a lot of. Sense. There were a lot of deaths. There, there are like, a lot of kinda, deaths, 
Yeah. And it's very much about, like, how unfair the world is to these people. Yeah. And there are moments where, like, they just, you're, you're, you just hit over the head with that. Like, you're yeah. confronted with it immediately. Mm-hmm. Everything is going really well, and you're confronted with, oh, in this time, in this world. Because it essentially takes place, it, it's kind of like an analog of World War Two. Mm-hmm. You are, you're in an Eastern European country, like uh, a generic Eastern European country, yeah. in a time when, essentially, the Nazis are moving through. Yeah. And those like they're, they're the the Nazis essentially in this film are are given a different style and design and whatnot, so as mm-hmm. not to be they, they're they're an analog for the Nazis, right. not the actual right. Nazis. So they remove you a little bit from that horribleness, right? right. Uh, but you get just like the idea of like what it's like for uh, every once in a while, like all the fun stops and you're reminded like, oh, this is an immigrant in that time, and yeah. he's probably going to die right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Alright, that's cool, man. That's your number one, and that concludes our list. That's our list. Right? That's it. <laughs> Damn. Um, you mentioned it made your honorable mentions. Any other honorable yeah, mentions? Yeah, I mean, real quick, though, uh, just so it doesn't run too long. Uh, we're at an hour and a half. Yeah. Already. This was a crazy year. I mean, like, movies that didn't make mine that people were really passionate about, things like the Lego movie. Yes, the Lego movie was great. Interstellar, Interstellar was a fun movie to watch. It wasn't great, but you know, I had a lot of problems, obviously. But that's one I, I actually never got around to watching. Oh, you it. haven't seen it? Oh, no. dude, you got to check that out. Oh, I felt no uh, urgency. Here's another movie that. So, like, I would say, be, man, this is this is tough to keep this one out of my top five too. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow was so close to mine as well. Was so good, man. Tom Cruise and Emma. Um, Emily Blunt. And Emily Blunt. And Emily, oh she my God, she's awesome in this great, movie. man. I love her. It's she's funny. such a great actress, man. I, I watched this uh, this web series by this girl uh, goes by the name Comic Book Girl nineteen. Oh yeah, right. And she always complains about female action stars, yeah. and that they always put like really skinny girls yeah. uh, playing like action stars, and they're fighting, and it's never believable <sighs> because they'll never cast some. They they rarely cast someone like Ronda Rousey who can actually fight, right? Yeah, who's like actually built like someone who could throw a punch. You want a beer? Because they always want the skinniest shirt. Sure. All right, here. Because they always want like the skinniest, most attractive female possible in the role. Yeah. And uh, in in like Emily Blunt in this in this movie is like really beautiful and really feminine and also totally believable that someone can kick my ass. Hell yeah. Yeah, she was really cool in this movie too. That that movie was just so badass, so much fun to action. Also, and it was, it really was a huge cool. bomb. It's so depressing that that film was a huge bomb. Yeah, I know because. Uh, and I didn't see I didn't see it right away until I heard the word of mouth on the film. Like everybody yeah. like was buzzing about it, people that I follow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that movie like the fact that Tom Cruise can't open an action film in twenty fifteen or twenty fourteen yeah. and have it be a hit says something about Hollywood and his place in it, I guess. I don't know. I think it was also the way the movie was marketed though. Like I yeah. just feel like didn't I mean it's a weird it's a difficult movie to market. I mean they yeah. actually changed the name of it before the D V D release. Right. They it's changed now called the name Live Die Repeat. So if yeah. you look it up on Amazon, look for a Live Die Repeat. See, yeah, they changed it a couple of times because they changed it just to Live, Die, Repeat, I believe. Is it now it's Edge of Tomorrow, colon, Live, Die, Repeat? Actually, it's Live, Die, Repeat, colon, Edge of Tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, so it's like really crazy. And yeah, they just did not do a really good job of marketing this movie. Yeah. You know, from the, from, you know, pre-release in theaters to DVD release, I feel Mm. like they just messed the whole thing up. But But that was one of the most pleasant surprises. It was great, uh, yeah. Of the last year. It was like, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It is Tom Cruise being a movie star in in the way that like I had in a, like I always forget probably because of all the Scientology baggage mm-hmm. like <laughs> just how charismatic he is and how like 
the movie is way funnier than you think it's going to be. It and is. That's the most important part of it. Yeah, the fact that like he's they're pulling you along with humor. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, it, yeah. A lot of really funny scenes, fun scenes in the beginning when he's starting to figure things out. Yeah, he is so fun. charismatic in that it works perfectly with him kind of as the foil to Emily Blunt's straight man, uh-huh. uh, which is our straight woman, I suppose, in this yeah. case. It's like just the badass. Um, it, it works out brilliantly, and it also, in a weird way, is like a, a, a one of the first like true video game movie in a way because it's <laughs> yeah. essentially yeah, a you're video right. game. You're, you're responding and stuff right, there. exactly. Um, so another one, real quick, X Men Days Days of Futures Past. That was a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. It was okay. It feels like to me, it's like it was good, but then also at the same time, it's like not. It's not on the same level as Marvel's. Stuff. Oh no, of course no, it's not. Um, well, Marvel. Disney Marvel movies, Disney, uh, right? Yeah. Like Marvel Studios, yeah, Marvel Marvel Studios. Because right now, even though X Men is Marvel's a Marvel's yeah, movie, it a Fox it's yes, a Fox project. Yeah. In the same way that Spider Man is a Sony production, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so I, I I enjoyed it. Thought that was a pretty fun movie. And another one that I'm sure you is not even in your honorable mentions, but three high three hundred Rise of an Empire. I actually not kind even of close. I actually kind of dug that movie, man. It's like three hundred miles away from my honorable mentions. I know, mentions. but it's. I just thought it was fun. It was a really fun movie. Um, uh, Ava Green, mm-hmm. or Eva, Eva, Eva Green, Eva Green. Yeah. Eva Green is. Uh, uh, I will watch her in anything. Basically, talk about. I mean, the same. You know, like uh, uh, just uh, categories. Emily Emily Blunt, like. Mm-hmm. Girls that just kick ass, you know mm. what I'm saying? I like. She was just so much fun to watch, and yeah, very Eva believable Green when it comes out. Weirdly, she always has like a weird take on whatever character she's playing. Yeah, that she's playing that I find her like endlessly fascinating. And of course, she's like one of the most insanely beautiful people on earth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she was just great in this. So like, very badass and intimidating and mm. everything. So she, she was, like I, every time I see her in something, it's like she her take on the character is always just like a little bit weird and yeah. a little bit off center, which. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty great. So I, I mean, that's that's it for me. You, you no. got anything else? Oh my god, I got a ton. Okay, uh, I Origin, a movie that I brought up, uh, I mentioned to you before in the past. I don't know if you saw it. Mm-hmm. It's the latest uh, Brit Marling. It's oh a, yeah, her collaboration with uh, I forget the two uh, two guys she has collaborated with in the past. She co writer and mm-hmm. co producer, I guess, in these films, and they direct them. Uh, but that's like the latest one of that like team of people mm-hmm. she stars in it as well. It's fascinating science fiction movie mm-hmm. that deals with the nature of uh, of science and and religion mm-hmm. from a science perspective. And in a weird way, it kind of flips it on the way most most movies he most movies tend to approach that that discussion of science and religion in a way that like they they all tend to lean heavily towards science understandably mm-hmm. yeah uh and this is starts from a scientific perspective and in, in, in religion encroaches upon that and it's very interesting it's 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 really fascinating and a, yeah. a really cool sci-fi uh topic that is not hasn't been explored mm-hmm. recently uh Britt Marling also from Another Earth and The East right Both and, and really this cool is movies, from so. uh I, I think it might be from the director of Another Earth Oh, really? The same director? Yeah, she okay. co-wrote both of those movies. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. Uh, so what else? Magic in the Moonlight. I'm a huge Woody Allen fan. Yeah. Woody Allen puts out a movie every single year. They're not always good. Wait, what was this one? This I one was Magic in the this one. With Colin Firth and Emma Stone. Okay. So it's Emma Stone, so automatically I'm interested. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. I thought it was really pleasant. It's not... It's not... It, it's pretty light film yeah it, it's very much just like a stopgap for his next really good uh, one but i thought it was I, I really enjoyed it yeah godzilla came out godzilla was an interesting oh man one. i almost forgot about that it was okay <laughs> I, I i didn't think it was that good 
yeah. to be honest. Um, anything else? Yeah, uh, Neighbors. Didn't see that. Oh, you didn't see Neighbors? I actually missed a lot of comedies this year. I didn't see 22 Jump Street either. 22 Jump Street, definitely. 22 Jump Street yeah. is like the perfect sequel. Yeah. It's completely meta. It's it's The entire film is a commentary on the ideas of sequel. yeah. sequels. They... they approach it and make fun of it in this hilarious way and the end credits are like the best end credit they, they just absolutely scorch the earth so that there will not be a third mm-hmm. Jump Street movie oh wow it's okay. really hilarious you could watch actually just watch the end credits and it just takes you through all of the sequels and there's like great cameos it's like 23 Jump Street 24 they go to like 40 Jump Street mm-hmm. in the credits oh wow it's hilarious <laughs> there's like contract disputes where like one actor is not in the movie and they reference the fact there's a contract dispute, and then the next one comes back, and he's back in the movie. And he's like, what are you talking about? I wasn't gone. Oh, wow. It's great. Okay. Yeah, I got to check that out. That's and they're a great cameo. So if nothing yeah. else, just watch the end credits. You can find them on, on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, Tim's Vermeer. You know I'm a big documentary fan. Yeah, I heard That was one that by one. Penn Gillette. It's about a man who wants oh, to yeah. make a, uh, to paint a Vermeer, mm-hmm. and his hypothesis of how Vermeer... Uh, was able to capture his incredible photorealistic paintings mm. by using technology and using a particular device and he tries to kind of reverse engineer a device to paint a Vermeer mm. and uh, it's really fascinating really interesting and kind of incredible yeah, I heard about when that it all wraps too. up yeah I was liking on documentaries this year too I gotta yeah that one what was the one I mentioned to you beforehand uh, Citizen One maybe uh-huh. the Edward Snowden documentary fascinating I've never seen a documentary with that kind of access before mm-hmm. It takes you through uh, the Snowden leak uh, as you're right there with Snowden as it's happening, Edward Snowden, and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, Life Itself, the Roger Ebert documentary that okay. chronicles oh, the last yeah. years see, of his I life. See that one too. Re- if for like people who like us who are really big film fans and yeah. read a lot of film criticism, uh, it's really beautiful and it's really <sighs> is wonderful. that on Netflix? And, uh, I don't know. I have uh, no idea. I saw it in a theater. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, the interview uh, was like the biggest story. Of the oh year. yes, yes, saw the interview. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. Then we got yeah, a lot of crap, but okay. I, I I enjoyed it. I, it I, okay. I liked Pineapple Express, and it's very much in that vein. Yeah. Which also I like. Uh, um, Fresh off the boat, and it's the uh, dad from Fresh off the boat. Right, that guy's kind of really up good right now. show. It's a really good show. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't know. I didn't see American Sniper. That's one of the obviously. The I did see American Sniper. That was really good too. I almost forgot about that movie. Actually, it wouldn't. I don't think it wouldn't have cracked crack my top 10 mm. um, because of the baby um, just, <laughs> the <laughs> no. famous baby <laughs> no but yeah it was it was good I tell you what that I've never seen or been a part of a, a like that, that had to be one of the quietest exits of an auditorium I've you know mm. it, of any movie I've ever been another in, like a weirdly controversial polarizing film yeah yeah so uh, by Clint Eastwood by Clint Eastwood, who I just have a general aversion to his films. I don't, <laughs> really? I don't like his perspective as a filmmaker. Yeah, but anyways, what was right? the one he made? Gran Torino. Yeah, oh, it was the worst. The oh, worst God. movie. Oh, At least this movie, I'm gathering from the you, the fact that you said everybody quietly walked to the theater. It didn't end with a song performed <laughs> by Clint Eastwood like Gran Torino did. Oh God. <laughs> also, um, like the movies, like uh, big movies, Selma. We didn't. I didn't up. see Selma, man. The Imitation so missed, Game and the Theory of Everything. I missed a lot Oscar. of movies. Mm-hmm. There was a few other really good... I didn't see The Hobbit. You didn't uh, see The Hobbit? No. Man, people didn't like that movie. Uh, myself, as like a Tolkien nerd, yeah. loved it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, 
It was it was essentially like a it, another like two and a half hour, but it was just like all the climax yeah. of those three films. It was like all battles and all the cool stuff. So yeah, I want to watch it. But the John first, Wick, John Wick, didn't John Wick, the Keanu Reeves movie that was like uh, if you like Taken, like those type of movies. Yeah, it is like the as I said to you before we recorded, like the dumbest, the dumbest <laughs> take on that, but also the uh, most awesome. It's like a almost like a parody of those films, but it's yeah. great. All right, I think we got to end it. Yeah, we've been like, going for a while. That's it. All right, so uh, yeah, that does it. We're back. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to record another episode soon. Um, if you guys want to share your top five list, like I said, you probably forgot about a lot of these movies because it's already freaking April, almost May. <laughs> that's um, why we it was so hard for us to like. We missed out on so many of them. We were under the yeah, ground here. We yeah. didn't have much time. <laughs> right? Yeah. So um, if you guys want to share your top five list, you can totally do so. We'll record. Uh, uh, read them on our next episode that you can email us what is it podcast at some cinema.com yep yeah it's been a while since I've said that That's so I almost cool. forgot about it, it. Uh, so podcast at some cinema.com if you want to discuss any of the movies that we actually talked about or share your own top five lists um, you can like I said you can find our episode at some cinema.com and iTunes and then you can also follow Mike if you would like on Twitter I'm at Mike Gonzalez, M-I-K-E-G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z. And I'm DeLopez23, and I'm going to be trying to do a lot more movie stuff and TV stuff now that we got this uh, bad boy back up and running. Yeah, it's back uh, on the track. But that's DeLopez23, uh, T-H-E-L-O-P-E-Z-2-3. Um, the song for this episode actually is Glory by Common and John Legend for Selma. So that does it. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you later. Hands to the heavens, no man, no weapon Formed against, yes, glory is destined Everyday women and men become legends Sins that go against our skin become blessings The movement is a rhythm to us Freedom is like religion to us Justice is juxtaposition in us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died, the spirit is revisiting us True and living, living in us Resistance is us That's why Rosa sat on the bus That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up When it go down, we woman and man up They say stay down and we stand up Shots, we on the ground, the camera panned up King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up One day when the glory comes, it will be ours